Hey guys, how you doing? All right, it's good to be back. If you saw my Facebook status, then you know it's been two years since I preached at Friday Fire. Two years. That's a long time. And uh, I think it's been two years since I preached in like Korea. <laughs> That's a long time. Uh, I think the last time I like preached behind a pulpit was in the Philippines earlier this year. Um, I think it was with, the, yeah, Daisy was there. We were with Pastor Christian, Pastor Aaron, and Gina, and it was awesome. And uh, yeah, it was a great trip. Um, I remember one night we moved into a new place, and we walk in, and there's a couple rooms, and, you know, me and PC were the only guys, right? I think we're the only guys on outreach, and we were like, okay, girls, you can take the bedroom, and all we had left was the living room, and in the living room, there was one couch, and the couch was like, like this wide, (laughs) and so, like, hmm, I guess we're sleeping together, (laughs) and so, I'm like, no, actually, I was like, give me your anointing. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was an awesome time. And, uh, yeah, that's the last time I preached. So I'm praying against pulpit rust. You, know, you guys know ring rust? You guys know ring rust? Ring rust is a term for, like, boxers or MMA fighters who haven't fought in, like, more than, like, six months or longer. So th- there's no pulpit rust. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Okay. So uh, I just got back from Hong Kong, and uh, yeah, Hong Kong, and uh, I was there for two weeks. I was actually teaching dance at this performing arts school, and it was an amazing time, had such a good time. Um, Prior to this trip, I'd say about five weeks before this trip, maybe, uh, I was unemployed, so you know, I, I don't have any full-time jobs. I've just taught part-time jobs, like, all the time. I, I prefer part-time. I, I don't mind moving around to different places. And so, but my main source of income, my contract was finished, and pretty soon my other contracts were going to finish. And I was like, okay, no problem. I'm just going to get another job. And so I put my resume up on a bunch of websites. And usually I get a lot of calls pretty quick. And... This time, you know, a couple days went by, no calls. A week went by, no calls. A couple weeks, a month. I was like, oh, dang. And uh, my, my checking was being depleted. And I'm usually a pretty calm guy. I don't really freak out about these things. But I started freaking out a little bit. And uh, I started feeling really anxious. And about this time is when Pastor Samsung came from Solomon's Porch. Were you guys there? Yeah? And uh, he preached a message about the storm and that Jesus is in the storm and you got to invite him into the boat and then he will direct you to where you need to go. And so I I listened to that message on Sunday and it kind of brought a little bit more peace. And then like the next day I'm like freaking out again. (laughs) And then... uh, Joel is my accountability partner, and uh, we met up, and he, he brought back that message. He's like, so have you invited him into the boat? 
And I was like, uh, actually, no, I haven't. And so I think it was that night, I was like, in my room, Jesus, come into the boat. And, uh, and then I got this invitation to go to Hong Kong. And so what had happened was, at that point, I was unemployed for like a month. And uh, so this person who I've known for some years, haven't seen her in years, she's a part of this performing arts school in Hong Kong. And it's a YWAM school. And, uh, and they have a performing arts school. And she's, she messaged me and she said, so for the last month, I've been thinking about you to come and teach in Hong Kong. But you're always so busy, I didn't even think that you would be able to. But my husband convinced me just to ask if he says no, then... And I've been unemployed for a month. So I'm thinking, you should have just asked me a month ago. And uh, so that happened. And then, like, a couple days later, I got a job. Yeah. And working at Sarah Wong's old Hagwan um, BFE near Shinchon. And I uh, really like the Hagwan. The manager is amazing. Right? Anybody? Any BFE workers here? Yeah, Peter. He knows. Our manager, she has the best Hueshik dinners ever. I'm not kidding. Do you know where we ate at our last Hueshik? At Aria. Do you guys know Aria? The Chosen Weston Hotel. Do you know how much one, a meal for one person is? A buffet? 95,000 won. And she paid for us all. And she does that like every... Two months, she takes us somewhere really nice, and so super blessed. <laughs> and uh, anyway, you know, I got, uh, you know, I went there, and they're like, "So yeah, you know, this is what we need." And I'm like, "Yeah, so I'm going to Hong Kong in a week, and um, I'll be gone for two weeks." And uh, they're actually cool with it. So I did my training the first week, went to Hong Kong, and now I'm here. And so God has been faithful. And I was like, seriously, in the storm, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is not going to turn out well. And uh, but amen, God is faithful. Right. So I go to Hong Kong and prior to my trip, everybody's telling me what to eat in Hong Kong. They're like, you got to eat this. You got to eat that. Like, OK, so everyone's in dim sum and like pineapple buns. And everywhere I went, I was getting these new names. And so my mind was just constantly on food. <laughs> so I went to Hong Kong, and I ate pretty much everything that people told me to eat. And uh, because my mind was so much on food, God really started to speak to me about food and nutrition and spiritual nutrition. And that's kind of what my message is about tonight. And so it was, it was awesome. I go to Hong Kong, and I'm supposed to teach at this school for two weeks. And, but that's all I really knew. You know, I didn't have the details. And so they pick me up at the airport. And there's this guy and this girl. They're driving back to where I'll be staying. And I'm like, so, yeah, I don't know my schedule at all. You know, like, when am I going to be teaching during the day? Is it like the morning or afternoon or the evening? And how many hours? They're like, oh, yeah, probably about four to six hours a day. Probably morning, afternoon, and evening. <laughs> And I'm thinking, I prepared for an hour and a half a day. And uh, so I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to pull it off. But God was faithful. 
uh, between between classes, I was just choreographing in my room. And there's just like there's this one mirror, right, like this big, and I'm I'm in front of this mirror, like choreographing. And uh, but God was faithful, and uh, so we started pouring out this revelation about food and nutrients. So how much do we really know about nutrients? Does anyone in here feel like they know a lot about nutrients? Maybe like a couple people. I mean, we know a lot about, you know, fruits and veggies and stuff. But what is, a, what is nutrition? Do you guys know nutrition? So it's kind of broken down into water, protein, carbohydrates, fats and oils, um, fruit and veggies, and micronutrients, which is vitamins and minerals. So we're pretty much familiar with most of it, but what about the minerals and what do they really do in our body? Have you guys ever wondered? Did you know that minerals um, really affect each other? Like if you have an imbalance of one mineral, it can throw all the other minerals off and it can lead to all kinds of diseases. And so... You know, I've been researching this, meditating on it, and I found something interesting about calcium and magnesium. So calcium and magnesium, they both affect your bones, your teeth, but they also affect your heart. And so calcium strengthens your heart. Magnesium, it calms your heart. And so as I was researching this, I found that 80% of Americans are magnesium deficient. And today, more than ever, there's anxiety is through the roof. And so many people have panic attacks, anxiety attacks. And a lot of it is directly related to their lack of magnesium. So if they would just increase their intake of magnesium, then that would all go away. And so that was important for me to know because two years ago, around that time, I had a really poor diet. And I was spending a lot of money on photography equipment. And if you are into photography, you know photography is really expensive. Like one of my lenses is $2,000. Yeah, it's expensive hobby. And so, you know, I have this goal. I'm going to be a professional photographer. <laughs> I'm just going to spend all my money on photography equipment. Marriage can wait. <laughs> And so, yeah, that was kind of my thinking. And so I was eating really cheap food. I was eating like 7-Eleven food, sometimes three times a day. Mm -hmm. I wasn't getting my vitamins and my minerals. And I started getting really anxious, like super anxious. And I started getting anxiety attacks, panic attacks. They lasted a long time. I had no idea about nutrition at the time. I had no idea that it was linked to my the minerals that I was lacking. And so, now I'm eating healthy, right? And I feel great. But, did you know, it's kind of similar in the spiritual realm. That if you're deficient in a certain area, it can throw you off in other areas. So, that's kind of what I want to talk to you about today. And, uh, you know, you know about physical fitness. Well, this message is spiritual fitness, right? Okay. 
Um, so I wanna, uh, first, I want to talk a little bit more about the importance of eating a healthy diet. Because my hopes today is that we would become healthier physically and also spiritually. Did you know 100 years ago, one out of 30 people in their lifetime was diagnosed with cancer? And uh, that kind of seems like a lot of people. But can you guess what the numbers are today? One out of three people in their lifetime get diagnosed with cancer. So a bunch of researchers went out and tried to figure out, you know, what, what's going on. And so they went to all these different tribes where they've never had cancer, like the Hunza tribe in, I think, India, and the Eskimo tribe. And there's, there's this people in the Philippines and, and uh, these people groups that have never had cancer, and they all had something in common. They ate very healthy, mostly fruits and veggies, seeds, and uh, wheat, like that kind of stuff. And so I think it's pretty important that we eat healthy, right? Physically and spiritually. And so what is the, the biggest cause of cancer? The most common cause is through chronic and severe constipation. Yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and the most common cause of this constipation is a poor diet. Is eating too much McDonald's or pizza. Not really caring about how much nutrition is in your food. And so eating unhealthy will literally kill you. It will literally kill you. Okay, so we got to get enough nutrition, right? We have to eat a balanced diet physically and also spiritually. And so when I was a kid, I was terrified of God. I used to hate God. If you know my testimony, you know that I used to walk around my house. I'd look at the ceiling. I used to yell, I hate you, God, and all kinds of stuff. And there's a lot of reasons why. There's a lot of abuse, physical abuse in my family, a lot of fear and that kind of stuff. And so I had this wrong picture of God, that he's just this um, God in the sky that's ready to whack you with a stick, and uh, that he was just this big judge that would judge you for everything you did wrong. And so what does it look like for a person who knows God as judge but doesn't know him as gracious and merciful? How would they look at God and how would they treat others? How would they live their lives? And that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about deficiency, a lack of revelation in a certain area, in a certain characteristic of God. You know, there's some people who like to always give, and, but they just can't receive, Right? Or there's people who can never say no to anybody because they know God as this kind and gentle God, but they really don't know when to say no. And that's a deficiency. And what it is is a lack of revelation, really. It's a, it's a nutrient. It's a spiritual nutrient that throws other things off. Okay? So we need to get... A balanced diet. Okay? So, 
Um, how do we do that? Well, in the natural, how do you know what deficiency that you have? You go to a doctor, and you get a physical. If you work as an English teacher, you probably got a physical, right? Anybody here? Yeah? Are you guys healthy? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I hope so. And, well, you ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, what deficiency, what area am I lacking revelation in that is causing me to act a certain way or causing me to look at God a certain way? And then you ask him, and you ask him to prescribe medicine, right? Or prescribe the dosage of what you need. And so he shows you the area, you find the scripture, you study it, and you meditate on it, okay? This is like eating, meditation, meditation on the word, hearing the word of God. Matthew 4, 4 says, we do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So our food is the words of God. Amen? And so we must ask God to show us the areas that were deficient. And so, as you know in my story, I, I hated God. And uh, it took me so long. Even, I wasn't saved at the time. I got saved when I was 12 at a church camp. And I started to fall in love with God. But I was lacking this revelation that God really loved me and cared for me. And that he's gracious, forgiving, and merciful. Because I lacked this revelation, there was this deficiency in my life for a long time, even as I was a missionary. And uh, it really affected the way that I looked at God, affected the way that I did ministry. And then once I finally decided, you know, I'm enough of this. I'm tired of feeling this judgment. I'm tired of feeling condemnation. I know this is not you, God. I begin to seek revelation. That's kind of a journey that I've been on for the last years, is seeking revelation in this area to bring a balance in my life. And as I'm seeking this area, God has been showing me, and it has totally been changing um, a bunch of areas in my life. It's been changing how I feel during worship. It's been changing the way that I do ministry. It's been changing the way that I relate to people in ministry and out of ministry. And so, you got to eat a balanced diet, right? And so, let me ask you, what, what does your diet look like? Well, let's, let's talk about your physical diet first. How do you decide what you eat every day? Some people decide, oh, this sounds yummy. I'll eat this. Or, oh, that looks good. Let's go eat this. And that's not the best way to choose what you eat all the time, right? Some people choose, oh, this doesn't have much fat in it. Or if I, how much calories does this have? You know, how much fatter am I going to get if I eat this? That's probably not the best way to choose what you eat either because you can be lacking a lot of important nutrients and minerals. And it's the same way with the Word of God. Some of us gravitate towards certain characteristics of God and we just read those verses all the time. Like, oh, you love me so much. Oh, I feel so good. Oh, you've forgiven me. You know, and 
Maybe you hang out in the Psalms a lot. <laughs> or maybe you hang out in Proverbs and you just really love the wisdom of God. And, uh, but you have to eat a balanced diet. Okay, you can't keep reading the same scriptures over and over and over while ignoring all the other scriptures. Okay, you got to eat a balanced diet and you got to meditate on it. Um, there's. Okay, so there's this thing called. Cognitive distortion, cognitive distortion is when you believe a lie, basically, and you're convinced that the lie is true and you're convinced that there's all this evidence, which is actually false evidence, not real. But everything proves that this is true, that it's actually a lie. And that's cognitive distortion. And so you, your brain has all these neural pathways. And once you, a lie is established in your mind, it'll constantly go to that lie. And you need to cut that off. Okay? How do you cut that off? How do you change? How do you change this deficiency that you have? And the best way to do it is meditation. What happens when you meditate is you have this lie. And I'll give you an example. Maybe there's a person who's just, they had a really bad experience when they were young with the dog. And so now they're just terrified of dogs. And every time they see a dog, they just freak out, right? So how would you change that? Would you stay away from dogs and just imagine Dogs with hearts and polka dots on them? Or... No, that's not how you do it. You would actually expose yourself to a dog. You would feel the fear. You would keep telling yourself, that dog is not going to harm me. I am safe. I am safe. I am safe. You do it again. And you do it again. And you do it again. And eventually... Um, that lie, that neural pathway, it shrinks. It literally shrinks. And your brain starts to open a brand new pathway of the truth. Okay? That's why meditation is so important. That's why you got to read your Bible. That's why everyone tells you, read your Bible. The Bible says, you shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. You will know the truth by meditation. Right? You reinforce that thought. You reinforce the truth until it becomes a part of you. Then you know it. And guess what? You don't believe these lies. That bondage, broken. Okay? So you pinpoint the deficiency, and then you find what is the truth. And, you, you, and it's like a nutrient. You just keep taking it, and then you become more balanced. All right? Okay, now I'm going to talk about junk food, okay? So part of eating a balanced diet is staying away from junk food. Now, junk food is okay in moderation, okay? You eat too much junk food, then you're opening yourself up to love handles and, and just sickness, feeling tired and groggy. And all kinds of stuff. But what about spiritual junk food? What about spiritual junk food? Okay, now I'm not talking about sin, okay? Like, sin is like poison food. It's like, <laughs> sin is like, like mad cow's disease. Like, 
you, you eat this yummy steak, but it's infected with mad cow's disease. And you guess that's that because sin can taste good, but it'll mess you up. Okay. I'm not talking about mad cow's disease, sin. I'm talking about junk food. There's a verse in the Bible that says, it says, all things are lawful, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful, but not all things edify. Sounds like junk food, right? Junk food's okay to eat, but it's not going to edify you. It's not going to profit you. It's okay in moderation. It also really will make you feel good sometimes. Ooh, cheesecake, you know? But what if you're eating cheesecake all the time? What happens? Well, what I'm talking about by spiritual junk food is all the things that you enjoy that's not exactly sinful, but it's not edifying either. And when you do it again and again and again, you start to get spiritually fat, right? And it starts to take your desires away from what's really healthy, which is God and his word. And so that's part of having a balanced nutrition is eating junk food in moderation. Now, I like, I'll admit it, I like Korean dramas. Yes, I like Korean dramas. I don't know why, but I like it. But sometimes I find myself watching way too much. Yeah. Sometimes it's like there, there are seasons I'm like coming home and just click, click, click and just watch the drama. Just one more. Click. Watch the drama. No, just one more. 2 a.m. Just one more. Click. Uh, and then I find myself thinking about this drama all day long. And I start thinking like these characters in the drama. Yeah, don't act like it hasn't happened to you. I know it's happened to you too. Maybe it's not Korean dramas, but it's something else, right? Maybe it's certain novels that you shouldn't be spending so much time reading or a certain music that you shouldn't be spending too much time listening to. It's junk food. It's okay in moderation, but it'll make you fat and uh, it'll, it'll make you sick. It will make you sick. Okay, so in the natural, you are what you eat, right? You are what you eat. I eat this. All the nutrients become a part of me. In the spiritual, you become what you behold. You behold too much Korean drama, you're going to start thinking like that. You behold the word of God, you're going to start thinking like that. You start understanding the things of God. Yeah. So take the things that are not exactly edifying, use them. In moderation. Okay, so my second point here is that you have to exercise. Okay? Without exercise, you will get, you will get sick. You will get fat again. Okay? You don't exercise and you eat junk food. Man, that's a bad combination. Okay? But if you don't exercise, what, what exactly happens? Okay, if you don't exercise, your bones and your muscles get weaker. Your endurance suffers your immune system suffers, and you're more prone to getting diseases. You mentally suffer. Your mind becomes dull. And uh, you emotionally suffer and begin to develop a bad self-esteem. That all happens simply from not exercising. Yeah. 
So, what happens if you don't exercise spiritually? What happens if you come to church every Sunday and you get fed all this good food and you go to your small group and you get fed and, and uh, you, learn, you get all this revelation, but you never apply it. You never exercise it. You know what you become? <laughs> Fat. <laughs> and do you know what you are? You're a pew potato. Oh, you're a pew potato. You come to church and you just sit on the pew and you just eat and eat and eat. And it's all you do is you just eat. You're going to get spiritually sick if you don't spiritually exercise. You're going to get spiritually dull if you don't spiritually exercise. Your discernment is going to start to get dull and you're going to start to make some bad decisions. Okay? So, brothers and sisters, you got to go to the gym. All right? You got to exercise. You got to play sports. What happens when you do exercise? Well, researchers say that exercise is the single best thing you can do for your brain in terms of your mood, your memory, and your learning. And it reverses the detrimental effects of stress and reduces the signs of aging. Ladies. (laughs) Men too. But we don't care as much. But yes, I do wear BB cream. Any guys wear BB cream? (laughs) Really? All right. So, some benefits from exercising. Just burning 350 calories three times a week through sustained sustained sweat-inducing activity reduces the symptoms of depression about as effective as antidepressants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't, you don't need your prescription. You just need to exercise, okay? It increases the level of your brain chemicals called growth factors, which make new brain cells and establishes new connections between brain cells that help us learn interestingly complicated activities like playing tennis or taking a dance class. Uh, they provide the biggest brain boost, tennis and dancing. Yeah. Yeah, dancing will make you smarter. (laughs) And it's literally true. It is literally true that as you as you dance, you improve cognitively. And uh, and researchers have found that dancing is the best exercise that will help your brain to become smarter cognitively. And the reason is why in dancing, you have to think in every split second, what's the next move, what's the next move, what's the next move, what's the next move? You have to remember. And so, this is a plug for the K1 Studio. (laughs) If you have not been coming out, it'll make you smarter. So please come out, and it will take your depression away. Yeah. Okay, it builds self-esteem and improves your body image. Oh, by the way, I was in Hong Kong. And I was teaching all these classes, like, every day, like, two, three times a day. And at the beginning of every class, we had warm-up. And we do a lot of stretches, and we do um, crunches, all kinds of crunches, and some push-ups. 
And, at, you know, in the beginning, everyone's like, oh, crunches, oh. But you know what? After two weeks, several guys came up to me. They're like, I have a six-pack. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I've never had a six-pack before. And so exercising will improve your body image. <laughs> and um, it also leaves you feeling euphoric. Why? It releases endorphins. Exercising will make you feel good. In the same way, we exercise our spiritual muscles, and they will grow. Okay? So if you're not used to going to the gym, you can't start lifting, like, benching 150 pounds. you got to start off small. Okay? So if you haven't been exercising spiritually, it's okay to start small. It's okay to start exercising your spiritual giftings little by little. It's okay to start exercising the fruit of the Spirit, exercising faith, exercising praying for people. Do not despise the day of small beginnings because after two weeks, you'll have a six-pack. Okay? Yeah. So um, I joined a ministry called YWAM when I was 19, and it's an evangelism ministry. This, uh, well, not YWAM, Impact World Tour, which is a YWAM ministry, is evangelism ministry. So I joined this ministry, and now I'm traveling all over the world. I'm dancing, and I'm preaching the gospel, and we're doing a lot of evangelism, mass evangelism, but we're also doing, like, one-on-one evangelism. And if you knew me when I was young, you know I was very shy. I did not like talking in front of people. I felt very awkward in front of people. And so evangelism wasn't something I was naturally good at. But I surrounded myself with all these amazing evangelists, and I saw them do their thing time and time again. And I started exercising evangelism. And, uh, and I wasn't very good at it at first. But I kept exercising this muscle because I knew the importance of exercising this muscle. And I wanted to see people get set free um, through me. I wanted to see God use me. And then... People started, you know, I started getting good at it. And people were, like, responding. And I was like, ooh, you know, this is nice. And, uh, and I got better, and I got better. And so I was in Kona, Hawaii some years ago. And I started this Friday night evangelism ministry in this one-on-one base where whoever wanted to go out and evangelize, just come meet every Friday. And so they would come out every Friday. We would go out, and we would evangelize. And every week we were seeing... People get saved. I was exercising so much that there was a season, I kid you not, and it's kind of strange to say, but every person that I talked to got saved. Yeah. Everywhere I went, like this dude, you know, getting drunk, I talked to him, and he would end up giving his life to Jesus right there. And it's like every person I talked to was getting set free. And that was a season You know, that doesn't happen all the time. But that just goes to show you that a person who's not naturally gifted in evangelism or in other... You know, I'm not naturally gifted in dancing as well. Actually, I was a terrible dancer when I started. 
people used to point and laugh at me when I danced. That's how bad I was. And uh, so, you know, I became a break dancer, and my dancing was still bad, but I could do cool tricks. Okay, so people thought I was a good break dancer, but I wasn't a good dancer. It took a long time for me to develop rhythm. And then I started learning choreography two years ago. And uh, I sucked. Like, I went out to class. I couldn't follow the teacher at all. I was, at all. I was, and every, every teacher that I went to said the same thing. You're too stiff. Because I was a B-boy. I was, like, dancing with, you know. I'm used to flexing my muscles when I dance. And, because uh, <laughs> that's what B-boys do. You always you have your muscles flexed. And, and, uh, so it took me about six months till I can finally follow an easier routine. And now I can follow like a more advanced routine. Exercise, right? Do not despise the day of small beginnings. Yes. And, and I'll admit there are times where there are seasons where I don't exercise those muscles anymore. And then I find myself in a situation where I need to use that muscle and I find it's really dull and ineffective. So it's important that you exercise and you keep exercising. Amen, Sam Kiel? Amen. Okay. So uh, the third thing, the third point here, is there's something that we need in order to really get fit. And so there's this guy named Lauren Cunningham. He is a, he's the founder of YWAM. I don't know if you guys know what YWAM is. But anyway, I was doing a leadership training course in Kona, Hawaii, and he was one of the speakers. And so he came in to speak to us, and we were brainstorming just all about leadership. You know, what does it mean to be a good leader? What is the most important qualities of a leader? And uh, we got into groups, and we brainstormed, and we, we shared with one another, what do I think the most important quality of a leader is? And Lauren Cunningham shared what he thought was the most important. And I think he was right. So I'm going to have, I will give you an opportunity to guess. So why don't you just think about it? What do you think is the most important quality of a leader? You say nutrition? <laughs> I think I heard nutrition. Okay, now share it with the, your partner next to you. Okay, are you guys ready? So Lauren Cunningham said, the most important quality of a leader is self-control. Yeah? 
Yeah, Pastor Marcus got it. Anyone else get it? Yeah, I didn't get it either. Okay, you got it. I was totally off. You know, a lot of us were like, um, yeah, strong leader, courageous, bold. And, uh, but why, why self-control? Why, why self-control? Well, if we take a look at Proverbs twenty-five twenty-eight, it says, A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. And that is a picture of a man who does not have self-control. Now, can this man be an effective leader? A man without self-control. Yes or no? No, obviously not, right? You know, without self-control, you'll lose your job. Without self-control, you'll get fat again. Without self-control, you get a donkpe at 25 years old. Without self-control, your marriage will fail. You'll gamble all your money away. Without, without self-control, you'll tell all your friends' secrets, and they'll hit you. Without self-control, your life will be in ruins. Now, what, is it, what does it look like exactly? Well, if you're old enough, then you might remember the L.A. riots. You guys remember the L.A. riots? Um, the L.A. riots was in L.A., and there was a riot. <laughs> And this was like in the 90s, I think. It was in the 90s. And, and in the street, like all these buildings, the, all these stores are being broken into. They're breaking the windows. They were taking everything from the stores. And they were fighting with the police. The police were there making barricades and shooting people with like bean bag guns or whatever they use and like gas. It was crazy. That's what happens when a man doesn't have self-control, the enemy comes in and he just ransacks the place because there's no wall. There is no security. To have a balanced diet, you need self-control or else you're just going to eat all this junk food all the time. You're going to get mad cow's disease because you're just going to sin, right? And so, brothers and sisters, we need self-control. How do you develop self-control? Can you just say, all right, from now on, I'm going to have self-control? It doesn't work like that. Okay. Well, the Bible tells us that God has given us self-control. It says in 2 Timothy 1.7, For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. So if we have self-control, how come we don't have self-control? Well, let me, let me compare it to this story about food. Okay. So there was researchers at a University of Leeds, and they asked women to smell either fresh oranges or chocolate and to write about memories triggered by the smell of the foods. After smelling the foods, participants could help themselves to chocolate cereal bars and oranges. The researchers found that women who were dieting to lose weight ate 60% less of the chocolate after smelling fresh oranges compared to smelling chocolate. So what does this mean? It means that if you expose yourself to something healthy that's good for you, 
something that's not healthy will not look as good to you. You're not going to crave it as much. And it's the same thing. What are you giving your affections to? Because when you're in the presence of God, there's nothing better. When you're in the presence of God, you're not desiring all these other things, right? Because you're in the presence. But if you expose yourself to other things, you start eating junk food and you eat it again and again and again, guess what? You're going to start to lose self-control. So we must eat healthy and we must practice self-control. And how do you do that? You expose yourself to the things of God, the words of God. You expose yourself to his presence through prayer. And uh, a great way to do that is go to K1, get in his presence. That's just like eating good food. It's like getting these nutrients that are filling you up, this healthy food. And uh, especially some of us who live in really toxic environments, like maybe you work at a hagwon where your boss is just really controlling and your coworkers, you know, just are always gossiping and the kids are like crazy and, uh, and you're just exposed to these environments all the time. Especially you, you need to go home and get some good food. You need to get in his presence. You need to feed need to get into his word, you need to pray, and you need to fast. And the fasting is also a great way to uh, develop self-control. Amen? Amen? Do you guys fast? <laughs> um, fasting actually really does help you to stay o- away from things that you shouldn't, right? Um, I remember times that I fasted, and after I'm done fasting, I just don't crave these other things, right? And I just can tell right away, I just have a lot more self-control. And strenuous activity doesn't seem as strenuous anymore. So, fasting. Okay. So, um, when you eat food you need to exercise. When you get revelation, you need to apply. Okay, so I'm going to give you homework. This is your homework today. Okay? I want you to pinpoint a deficiency that you may have. You can ask Holy Spirit. You can ask your leaders, hey, what do you think? Do you think there's, is there something that you see in me that you really feel like God really wants me to really understand more about his character these days? Or go to your accountability partner and pinpoint just one thing or two things. Well, let's start with one thing. Just pinpoint one thing. And I want you to begin to go after this nutrient, okay? And I want you to study this characteristic of God. I want you to meditate on it day in and day out. And I want you... And this person that you're going to do it with to keep each other accountable, accountable and to walk through it together. That is called application. That is called exercising. Amen? Okay. Well, I'm going to close with prayer. Father, I thank you so much for these amazing men and women of God that are in this place today. 
And Father, I just thank you so much for your word that is just so full of nutrients, so full of life. And Lord, we we live off it. We need it. And God, I just pray that you would show us areas of deficiencies in our lives that we can bring to a balance by revelation and by exercise. And so, Father, we just thank you. We love you so much. In Jesus' name.